Section three of the Black Poodle and Other Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Joyce Martin. The Black Poodle and Other Tales by F. Anstey. I left Travers to amuse the ladies. He could do no more harm now, and taking the colonel aside, I seized the opportunity as we strolled up and down the garden path to ask his consent to Lillian's engagement to me. He gave it cordially. "'There's not a man in England,' he said, "'that I'd sooner see her married to after today. You're a quiet, steady young fellow, and you've a good, kind heart. As for the money, that's neither here nor there.' "'Lillian won't come to you without a penny, you know. "'But really, my boy, you can hardly believe what it is to my poor wife and me to see that dog. "'Why, bless my soul, look at him now. What's the matter with him, eh?' "'To my unutterable horror, I saw that that miserable poodle, "'after begging unnoticed at the tea-table for some time, "'had retired to an open space before it where he was now industriously standing on his head.' We gathered round and examined the animal curiously as he continued to balance himself gravely in this abnormal position. "'Good gracious, John!' cried Miss Curie. "'I never saw Bingo do such a thing before in his life.' "'Very odd,' said the Colonel, putting up his glasses. "'Never learnt that from me.' "'I tell you what I fancy it is,' I suggested wildly. "'You see, he was always a sensitive, excitable animal, "'and perhaps the, the sudden joy of his return has gone to his head, "'upset him, you know.' "'They seemed disposed to accept this solution, "'and, indeed, I believe they would have credited Bingo "'with every conceivable degree of sensibility. "'But I felt myself that if this unhappy animal "'had many more of these accomplishments, I was undone for the original Bingo had never been a dog of parts. "'It's very odd,' said Travers reflectively, as the dog recovered his proper level. "'But I always thought that it was half the right ear that Bingo had lost.' "'So it is, isn't it?' said the Colonel. "'Left, eh? Well, I thought myself it was the right.' My heart almost stopped with terror. I had altogether forgotten that. I hastened to set the point at rest. Oh, it was the left, I said positively. I know it because I remember so particularly, thinking how odd it was that it should be the left ear, not the right. I told myself this should be positively my last lie. Why odd? asked Frank Travers, with his most offensive Socratic manner. "'My dear fellow, I can't tell you,' I said impatiently. "'Everything seems odd when you come to think at all about it.' "'Algernon,' said Lillian later on, "'will you tell Aunt Mary and Mr. Travers and, and me "'how it was you came to find Bingo? "'Mr. Travers is quite anxious to hear all about it.' "'I could not very well refuse. "'I sat down and told the story, all my own way.' I painted Blag, perhaps rather bigger and blacker than life, and described an exciting scene in which I recognized Bingo by his collar in the streets, and claimed and bore him off then and there in spite of all opposition. 
i had the inexpressible pleasure of seeing travers grinding his teeth with envy as i went on and feeling lillian's soft slender hand glide silently into mine as i told my tale in the twilight all at once just as i reached the climax we heard the poodle barking furiously at the hedge which separated my garden from the road there is a foreign-looking man staring over the hedge said lillian bingo always did hate foreigners there certainly was a swarthy man there and though i had no reason for it then somehow my heart died within me at the sight of him don't be alarmed sir cried the colonel the dog won't bite you unless there's a hole in the hedge anywhere the stranger took off his small straw hat with a sweep ah i am not afraid he said and his accent proclaimed him a frenchman he is not enraged at me may i ask is it permit to speak with monsieur vezorhead i felt i must deal with this person alone for i feared the worst and asking them to excuse me i went to the hedge and faced the frenchman with a frightful calm of despair he was a short stout little man with blue cheeks sparkling black eyes and a vivacious walnut-coloured countenance he wore a short black apaca coat and a large white cravat with an immense oval malachite brooch in the centre of it which i mentioned because i found myself staring mechanically at it during the interview my name is weatherhead i began with the bearing of a dejected pickpocket can i be of any service to you of great service he said emphatically you can restore to me the poodle which i see there nemesis had called at last in the shape of a rival claimant i staggered for an instant then i said oh i think you are under a mistake that dog is not mine i know it he says there has been little mistake so if the dog is not to you you give him back to me hein i tell you i said that poodle belongs to the gentleman over there and i pointed to the colonel seeing that it was best now to bring him into the affair without delay you are wrong he said doggedly the poodle is my poodle and i was direct to you is your name on the cart and he presented me with that fatal card which i had been foolish enough to give to blagg as proof of my identity i saw it all now the old villain had betrayed me and to earn a double reward had put the real owner on my track i decided to call the colonel at once and attempt to brazen it out with the help of his sincere belief in the dog eh what's that what's it all about said the colonel bustling up followed at intervals by the others the frenchman raised his hat again i do not want to make a trouble he began but there is little mistake my word of honour sir i see my own poodle in your garden when i appeal to this gentleman to restore him he refer me to you you must allow me to know my own dog sir said the colonel why i've had him from a pup bingo old boy you know your master don't you but the brute ignored him altogether and began to leap wildly at the hedge in frantic efforts to join the frenchman it needed no solomon to decide his ownership i tell you you have got the wrong poodle it is my own dog my azor he remember me well you see i lose him at three four days i see a notice that he has found and when i go to the address they tell me oh he has reclaimed he's gone with a stranger who has advertised 
They show me the placard. I follow here, and when I arrive, I see my poodle in the garden before me. But look here, said the colonel impatiently, it's all very well to say that, but how can you prove it? I give you my word that the dog belongs to me. You must prove your claim, eh, Travers? Yes, said Travers, judiciously. Mere assertion is no proof. It's oath against oath at present. Attend an insult. Your poodle, was he highly trained? Had he some talents? A dog with tricks, eh? No, he's not, said the colonel. I don't like to see dogs taught to play the fool. There's none of that nonsense about him, sir. Ah, remark him well, then. Azor, mon chou, dance dans un peu. And on the foreigners, whistling a lively air, that infernal poodle rose on his hind legs and danced solemnly about halfway round the garden. We inside followed his movements with dismay. Why, dash it all, cried the disgusted colonel. He's dancing along like a, a darned mountebank. But it's my bingo for all that. You are not convinced? Ah, you shall see more. Ezor, Iki. Poor Bismarck, Ezor. The poodle barked ferociously. Poor Gambetta! He wagged his tail and began to leap with joy. Mons pour la patrie! And the two accomplished animal rolled over as if killed in battle. Where could Bingo have picked up so much French? cried Lillian incredulously. Or so much French history, added that serpent Travers. Shall I command him to jump or reverse himself? inquired the obliging Frenchman. We've seen that, thank you, said the colonel gloomily. Upon my word, I don't know what to think. It can't be that that's not my bingo after all. I'll never believe it. I tried a last desperate stroke. Will you come round to the front, I said to the Frenchman. I'll let you in and we can discuss the matter quietly. Then as we walked back together, I asked him eagerly what he would take to abandon his claims and let the colonel think the poodle was his after all. He was furious. He considered himself insulted. With great emotion he informed me that the dog was the pride of his life. It seems to be the mission of black poodles to serve as domestic comforts of this priceless kind, that he would not part with him for twice his weight in gold. Figure, he began as we joined the others, that this gentleman here has offered me money for the dog. He agrees that it is to me, you see. Very well, then. There is no more to be said. Why, Weatherhead, have you lost faith too, then? said the colonel. I saw that it was no good. All I wanted now was to get out of it credibly and get rid of the Frenchman. I'm sorry to say that I've been deceived by the extraordinary likeness. I don't think, on reflection, that that is Bingo. What do you think, Travers? asked the colonel. Well, since you ask me, said Travers, with quite unnecessary dryness, I never did think so. Nor I, said the colonel. I thought from the first that he was never my Bingo. Why, Bingo would make two of that beast. And Lillian and her aunt both protested that they had had their doubts from the first. Then you permit that I remove him, said the Frenchman. Certainly, said the colonel, and after some apologies on our part for the mistake, he went off in triumph with the detestable poodle frisking after him. When he had gone, the colonel laid his hand kindly on my shoulder. Don't look so cut up about it, my boy, he said. You did your best. There was a sort of likeness to anyone who didn't know Bingo as we did. 
just then the frenchman again appeared at the hedge a thousand pardons he said but i find this upon my dog it is not to me suffer me to restore it with many compliments it was bingo's collar travers took it from his hand and brought it to us this was on the dog when you stopped that fellow didn't you say he asked me one more lie and i was so weary of falsehood yes i said reluctantly that was so very extraordinary said travers that's the wrong poodle beyond a doubt but when he's found he's wearing the right dog's collar now how do you account for that my good fellow i said impatiently i'm not in the witness box i can't account for it, it it's a mere coincidence but look here my dear weatherhead argued travers whether in good faith or not i never could quite make out don't you see what a tremendously important link it is here's a dog who as i understand the facts had a silver collar with his name engraved on it round his neck at the time he was lost here's that identical collar turning up soon afterwards round the neck of a totally different dog we must follow this up we must get at the bottom of it somehow with a clue like this we're sure to find out either the dog himself or what's become of him just try to recollect exactly what happened there's a good fellow this is just the sort of thing i like it was the sort of thing i did not enjoy at all you must excuse me to-night travers i said uncomfortably you see just now it's rather a sore subject for me and i'm not feeling very well i was grateful just then for a reassuring glance of pity and confidence from lillian's sweet eyes which revived my drooping spirits for the moment yes we'll go into it to-morrow travers said the colonel and then hello why there's that confounded frenchman again it was indeed he came prancing back delicately with a malicious enjoyment on his wrinkled face once more i return to apologize he said my poodle has permit himself as he gave indiscretion to make a very big hole at the bottom of the garden i assured him that it was of no consequence perhaps he replied looking steadily at me through his keen half-shut eyes you will not say that when you regard the hole and you others i speak to you some time when loses a something which is quite near all the time it is very droll eh my word ha 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 and he ambled off with an aggressively fiendish laugh that chilled my blood what the deuce did he mean by that eh said the colonel blankly don't know said travers suppose we go and inspect the hole but before that i had contrived to draw near it myself in deadly fear lest the frenchman's last words had contained some innuendo which i had not understood it was light enough still for me to see something at the unexpected horror of which i very nearly fainted that thrice accursed poodle which i had been insane enough to attempt to foist upon the colonel must it seems have buried his supper the night before very near the spot in which i had laid bingo and in his attempts to exhume his bone had brought the remains of my victim to the surface there the corpse lay on the very top of the excavations time had not of course improved its appearance which was ghastly in the extreme but still plainly recognizable by the eye of affection 
it's a very ordinary hole i gasped putting myself before it and trying to turn them back nothing in it nothing at all except one algernon weatherhead esquire eh? whispered travers jocosely in my ear no but persisted the colonel advancing look here has the dog damaged any of your shrubs no no i cried piteously quite the reverse let's all go indoors now it's getting so cold see there is a shrub or something uprooted said the colonel still coming nearer the fatal hole why hello look there what's that lillian who was by his side gave a slight scream uncle she cried it looks like bingo the colonel turned suddenly upon me do you hear do you hear what she says can't you speak out is that our bingo i gave it up at last i only longed to be allowed to crawl away under something yes i said in a dull whisper as i sat down heavily on a garden seat yes that's bingo misfortune shoot him quite an accident there was a terrible explosion after that they saw at last how i had deceived them and put the very worst construction upon everything even now i writhe impotently at times and my cheeks smart and tingle with humiliation as i recall that scene the colonel's very plain speaking lillian's passionate reproaches and contempt and her aunt's speechless prostration of disappointment i made no attempt to defend myself i was not perhaps the complete villain they deemed me but i felt dully that no doubt at all served me perfectly right still i do not think i am under any obligation to put their remarks down in black and white here travers had vanished at the first opportunity whether out of delicacy or the fear of breaking out into unseasonable mirth i cannot say and shortly afterwards the others came to where i sat silent with bowed head and bade me a stern and final farewell and then as the last gleam of lillian's white dress vanished down the garden path I laid my head down on the table amongst the coffee-cups and cried like a beaten child. I got leave as soon as I could and went abroad. The morning after my return I noticed, while shaving, that there was a small square marble tablet placed against the wall of the colonel's garden. I got my opera-glass and read, and pleasant reading it was, the following inscription in affectionate memory of bingo secretly and cruelly put to death in cold blood by a neighbor and friend june eighteen eighty one if this explanation of mine ever reaches my neighbor's eyes i humbly hope that they will have the humanity either to take away or tone down that tablet they cannot conceive what i suffer when curious visitors insist as they do every day in spelling out the words from our windows and asking me countless questions about them sometimes i meet the curies about the village and as they pass me with averted heads i feel myself growing crimson travers is almost always with lillian now he has given her a dog a fox terrier and they take ostentatiously elaborate precautions to keep it out of my garden I should like to assure them here that they need not be under any alarm. I have shot one dog. End of section three. Recording by Joyce Martin.